Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Welcome everybody to another episode of Boss Talks. I'm Christine Drummond. I'm here with my co-host, Joel Lord. And today we are talking about self-control which is lesson seven out of the book the law of success which we've been been bringing you a a podcast on for the last few weeks we're gonna go all the way through the end with this book and all we ask is that if you love this information if you're getting value from this share it out guys like this is free information this is gold this is like us regurgitating it in our own words back to you to help you change your thought process so you can win your day so you can be the boss of your life so today joel we're talking about self-control it is lesson number seven what i love about um this one is it, it a lot of it is about discipline and this is where i see a lot of people fail in life you know and i love inspiring people to live the lifestyle that they want but what i see out there especially with you know over 10 years in the personal training profession that i see like it's lack of self-control which brings people undone more than anything else and i think it's because people and and i do this as well so i'm speaking to myself here people live in a world of options we don't lock things in we we could work out we've got the option to work out but it's not a non-negotiable like for me monday to friday i work out every single morning get up at 5 a.m go for my jog do my yoga it's a non-negotiable it's locked in and if i miss it in the morning for some um crazy reason then i do it in the afternoon but it's got to be done monday to friday and then on weekends if i get extra exercise done then awesome so I think if we stopped living in the world of options and if we stopped living as if we were going to live forever, that's the thing. Like we keep putting things off and off and off because we think we're going to live forever. Well, guess what? Our tomorrow is never promised. So discipline and self-control like really needs to come into play. And you need to know what are your non-negotiables? Like is health a priority for you? Is it a non-negotiable that every time you order a pizza, because let's face it, we all love pizza. Well, actually, I met someone the other day that hates pizza, so we don't all love pizza. <laughs> but is it your non-negotiable that when you order pizza that you have to have it with a side salad? So you kind of counteract it. Or is it that every single morning you wake up and you have a lemon water? Is that your non-negotiable? Like we need to know what our non-negotiables are and then we need to know what the what is optional and then start working on the optional and take those into um, into the non-negotiable. That's that's if we really want something like if you want better health, then working out and taking care of your nutrition can't be optional, guys. There's no way to get better health and to get longevity, vitality, energy, feel amazing um by you know sometimes looking after your health sometimes not sometimes looking after your nutrition sometimes not sometimes working out sometimes not but let's face it and and i look at myself and all the times that i missed missed all my goals my health goals business goals it's because i lacked the self-control i broke the promise to myself i set the goal and then through self-sabotage or lack of discipline um i strayed Okay, and then I didn't achieve it. 
but it came back to me and the standards I held for myself. So Joel, I want to bring you in here. What did you love about this chapter and this lesson? Oh, like, it's just like, this book's just so mind blowing. Like, and I've seen the people that have been part of our little mastermind, like just getting so many aha moments and just really like going like their lives have really exploded. The ones that have like been diligent with it, there's been, you know, obviously some that have dropped off and, you know, maybe not be going as well. But anyway, like this, this book's a no brainer for me. This is one of the top, like definitely in the top 10 must reads if you want more success in your life. So uh, now that's out of the road, like go read it. But now that's out of the road, you know, like self-control, it's, it's funny that you bring, bring health up because there's certain areas in people's lives that uh, like, and when I say people have the courage to say, I, um, where I have lots of self-control, you know, like there's, uh, and I think, you know, I was only speaking before about like the rule around money and having self-control there. And I think the odds are stacked against us, Christine, like the, you know, we're looking at social media so much and being marketed to so much. And, you know, I was only talking to my son before about it. Like I've jumped totally off social media because I refuse to be told what to think anymore. You know, I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. Uh, and that doesn't mean I'm not going to use it to, to build a business. Like I'm, I'm being practical, but like I'm sick of being marketed to and told what to think, you know? And I, I was walking around so talking to my son about it and, you know, he wants the latest, uh, you know, keyboard for his computer. And I'm like, well, you know, how much better is that keyboard than the one he's already got? And it's probably not better at all. But uh, the company has marketed to him in a way where he sort of lost self-control in that regard. Like if he had the money, he'd buy it. If he, or, he, you know, had, you know, too much further down the track, he's probably going to buy it. So self-control there and, you know, I'm not saying I'm Mr. Self-Control there and I've got willpower. I know if I had, like I was saying to my wife before, like we, we made a deal recently where there was quite a, a like we did pretty well out of it. <laughs> and if I had that money just left in the, in the bank, I would be tempted and probably eventually lose self-control and do something um, silly with the money. <laughs> And I'd spend it once it's gone, it's gone, right? It's burned. It's very easy to burn cash. Uh, so what I did is I, I put it entirely into property. I put every single thing and I probably put too much in actually, because, <laughs> you know, things can, you know, you can tighten yourself up, but like that money's locked in. So even if I lose self-control, like it's going to take a while to, to, to get out. So like, I guess the point I'm making, Christine, is, really having self-awareness go along with self-control and know, know yourself well enough to know what your habits are, what you're likely to do. Like, like, you know, for you, self-control around, uh, I'm not going to say it's easy around health. Uh, although you've probably got it worked out better than, than many of us. So I know that long-term day in, day out, self-control may not be, at the forefront of my mind when it comes to, uh, you know, my health. So I do the 75 hard and that takes care of where I'd lose self-control. Like I, like I realize it's an all or nothing. It's a zero sum game. I've either, I'm either doing it or I'm back to day one. If I eat candy or a chocolate bar or I don't exercise or I don't drink enough water, 
I'm back to day one. And there's enough pain in that to make me stay the course. So, you know, I, I like use systems, guys. Find a system that helps you create self-control, one that you're going to stick to because it's, it's all well and good to like, I don't know, Christine, have, do you know anyone who writes to-do lists and then doesn't look at the list? Like, so the list doesn't get done. Like, so they're really good at writing lists, but then they don't do the list. So how's that even, how's that even? That used to be me because I'd put too many, too many things on the list. Yeah. And you, I, me too. And I used to feel bad that I didn't get the damn list done. So I'd, I'd had the added bonus of making myself feel like shit at the end of the day for not doing it. So, you know, like guys, find, find a way to have self-control in your health, find a way to have self-control in with, with your wealth put it on autopilot, like not necessarily money while you sleep, but like take the temptation away. And that, oh man, that really helps. If there's, you know, like it's funny, a a story that keeps coming back up, like an old timer that I used to, used to be mentored by. He's like, Joel, if there's no cookies in the cookie jar, you can't have a cookie. So just don't have cookies in the cookie jar. And he wasn't talking about, you know, he wasn't talking about cookies. He was talking about life when he said that, but he's just like, take away the temptation. If you can't not eat ice cream, don't put ice cream in the house. If you like me would spend money on dumb stuff, then don't, um, (laughs) don't have money in your bank account, put it somewhere, like lock it up somewhere where you can't get to it in a hurry. You know, like, that's what I do. Like, it's funny. I was talking to my coach, Christine, before I hand it back over to you. Um, he said, uh, you know, he, he come, he has lots of people come to him with addictions. Like they don't have any time. They don't, I don't have any time. I'm so busy. I don't, I want more time in my life. And he goes, that's so simple. You want to hear the magic strategy for solving that problem? He goes, stop doing so much shit. If you want more time in your life, just stop doing stuff. If, you, if you've got a Facebook addiction, just stop using Facebook. If you don't want to be a smart, you know what, if you're like a drinker or you're, you, whatever you want to say, like, and yeah, come at me <laughs> with all the, you don't know what it's like, but I actually, I do. And, you know, just stop. I just stopped drinking. I just went one day that there was more important things in life and I just decided to stop doing it. I stopped using Facebook and I haven't looked back, you know. Like, I don't know, Christine, like I know you've got similar stories, but you know, there's your self-control. Just make something more important and know yourself and don't put the temptation in front of you. Like we're not idiots. Like we know we're going to eat a cake if we're going to have a cake. Like, like if we, if we can't not, if we can't say no to cheesecake, don't go where there's cheesecake. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I'm dropping the mic too early. No, no, I love it. I love it. And this is what I teach a lot of my personal training clients is just don't put it in the trolley because we're, we're naturally lazy as human beings. And if it's not in the cupboard, then we're, we're so lazy. We won't jump in the car most of the time to go and get the chocolate biscuit from the supermarket because it's just so much hassle. So don't put it in the cupboard at all. And sometimes, sometimes I get really frustrated looking at my cupboard going, why can't we just have something, you know, on those days we just want something unhealthy <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, why do I have to be so healthy all the time? Um, but I love that you brought that up. And, um, you know, he talks about it in this, in this chapter as well. It's self-control. One of the ones that causes the most, um, 
damage for people is lack of self-control around savings. And I know we've banged on about this so much, but people just are not getting the message, Joel. Like people are spending way above their means. And there's so many simple strategies out there that you can, um, you know, exactly reduce some of these things, some of these addictions. Um, I, I can't remember the exact, exact um, statistics, but like, so many, there's a, like 30% or 70%, I don't know, that's a big difference, but I don't know what the percentage is, of Australian households actually spend more on alcohol a week than they do on food. Like, so if that's your household, then even just halving the amount of alcohol you drink or, um, you know, giving that up is going to save you. And, and someone told me the other day, like a packet of cigarettes these days is like 50 something dollars. And if, so if you're a, smoking a pack a day like holy toledo like you could be pouring that into property exactly like what joel said like pour it into something that's actually going to give you a return <laughs> and build your wealth rather than strip it away but it is that it is that lack of self-control that um has hurt me in the past and i know it's hurt quite a lot of other people as well um don't you reckon christine like i don't know like i'm i'm starting to realize that maybe i think in a different way to a lot of people out there um but i'm i'm a practical thinker and i think what's the upside to this like what's the what's the payoff i'm getting from doing this you know like so i'm you're drinking alcohol what's the payoff like like in this like the payoff is that you're escaping from something that you don't want to face don't tell me that you're doing it because you're aussie and all that you're literally what do you go solve what you're escaping from you know what i mean there's like I get it. You can go, I'm not saying be a prude, don't drink ever, but if you are spending more money on alcohol than you are on, you know, the, on your family, like on other things, like you, God, you got a problem, you know, like in the same with like, what are you trying to escape from? And like something that I've learned like to flip it on its head. Like I've been working a lot on like the spiritual leaders around the place. He's like at most levels of consciousness, like, you eat to make yourself more like everything most people do in the five sensory world is that is to make yourself more. So you eat that, you, you eat that food to be more, you drink that drink because you feel like you need to be more. You, you, we, in a lot of like you buy that car because you, you feel like you need to be more and like, I'm all for getting nice things, but if you're doing it for that reason, like, just think like, what, like, why am I even doing this? Like what, what's, what's the payoff for this? Cause you yeah. could feel way more whole if you just, yeah. If you, and it takes a lot of self-control. Don't like, do you get what I'm saying, Christine? Like, you know, yeah, well, totally. what's the payoff? You've, yeah, exactly. You, you need to know the why beyond it, you know, and it, the, the why has to be more important than your excuses. So for me, I want to live a medication free life. I still want to be running in my 70s or 80s, you know, with all my faculties. Um, and, you know, someone said to me the other day, like, Christine, like, like, why are you so perfect with your health? And I said, I'm not. I'm definitely not perfect with my health. And if you had caught me maybe 12 years ago, um, I was that person that there was a service station at the end of our street. And I was there every day and I was in chips and soft drinks and you know and it was before i became a personal trainer and it was before um well right around the same time that my parents both got sick with cancer 
And I saw the pain that that disease caused my family. I saw the heartache that it caused not only, um, you know, each of my parents when they went through it, but the impact that it had on the partner. You know, when my mum was going through hers, the impact that it had on my dad and vice versa, like, is massive. And I don't want my kids to have to see me go through that pain. You know what I mean? So for me, the why at the end is going to be worth it. You know, do you think um, that you need that disaster to happen or that, that pain to get you on that crusade? Cause like I've something I've been really interested in recently is like, you know, the, the AFL player who, uh, and I can't remember his name. Uh, he used to be like, he's an ex AFL player now, really, really top end guy. And he, he literally, has gone on a crusade against, I believe, uh, some type of cancer. You know, he's really, he's really like, he's created a foundation. He's put a lot of money to it. He's raised a lot of money. He's made it that crusade because he's had that. The reason why he's had it is because his sister, he lost a, he lost a, a close one to, to that. Like, do you, do you, and you've obviously had your parents and you can see the cost that it has. And you know what, having a lack of self-control can, can do for you like do you think people need that like i'd love to say that people like i just think as a human race as a whole most people need like are motivated more by pain than you know moving to inspiration and stuff and like i yeah. i decided i'd like to be inspired yeah more than activate from pain but you know yeah i don't know i think you can use it in a, in a good way like definitely um it was the driving force for me and it was more so that when my mom was going through, you know, her cancer um, and I was going through fertility issues at the time as well. And I couldn't actually travel to be with her while she was going through the worst time in her life. And it, it broke my heart, but not one doctor or anybody spoke to us about what we were putting in our body. How were we taking care of ourselves? How are we re- reducing stress, practicing self-love, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that got me thinking, wow, more people need to know how to live um, for vitality and energy and, um, you know, to reduce stress. Like stress is crazy. It, it does su- like crazy things to your body, guys. Like, and you may not feel it, like seem like you're stressed, but if you've got like so many distractions around you and if you feel like you're being pulled in a thousand directions and you don't have five minutes to sit down and just be in nature and be by yourself with your own thoughts, then that's that's stress on the body and for me I don't think you need a scare but when I look back through my family history everyone's died from a preventable disease everyone like it's crazy people are dying in my family from preventable diseases and so for me I can do something now in my 40s that's going to compound and give me the health and vitality you know 10 20 30 40 50 years down the track and I feel like what's happening, Joel, is people just are not looking that far. They, they don't have that vision. They don't, like, what do I want my health to be like when I'm in my 70s, yeah. 80s or 90s, you know? Do, do you know, like, an interesting thing as a test case, this is my fifth time I've done the 75 hard. Uh, I've done multiple phases before, so it's, it's more than that. Um, it's now, right now, I can honestly say, I've got zero cravings towards eating a cake when I've finished. I've got zero, like I don't want to 
I, I, I didn't, I wasn't that bad anyway, but I'm not, look, I'm not like looking forward to eating that bowl of ice cream. Like I can walk past and the marketing doesn't affect me now. And I think if I was that, like I wasn't super bad, but if I, if it's taking me this many 75 hards to get to the point where I'm breaking even like probably you are <laughs> 24 hours a day, you know, cause you've been doing it, like you've been interested in this, as you said, for the last like 12 years, like, like that's self-control. And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back that I've had the self-control to do the 75 hard that many times. It's like, that's what it takes. And are you willing to put the work in if it's going to be that hard to, to do it? Like one of the things Kurik Ashley has always asked me is like, Joel, are you willing to spend 20 years at this? Even if you don't get a result, if it's going to take you 20 years to, you know, to get this result. And he, he says, cause if you're not, it's not important enough to you and you're probably going to quit because it's not going to take you 20 years, but would you be willing to do it? You know? And I think when I uh, think about you, Christine, would you have been willing to work at your health for 20 years to make sure that you do the best you can to not have a preventable disease? Well, then the answer is hundred percent. Yes. You know, am I willing was I willing to do the same for my finance? Yes, I was. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I've just got the self-control to like face the fear and do it. So, yeah, it, it takes that. It, sometimes it takes a long time to, to get going. So, yeah. And I, I think it's about like where are we directing our thoughts? And um, something that Napoleon Hill mentions in this book is that the only thing that we have absolute control over is our thoughts. You know, and there's a, there's a bit here that um, he sort of talks about that and the fact that thought is the only thing over which we have absolute control is within itself the most profound significance as it strongly suggests that thought is your nearest approach to divinity on this earthly plane and self-control is solely a matter of thought control. So, guys, that is so powerful. Like, and I want you to really understand this, that you know, if, if we're not controlling our thoughts, if we're not the gatekeeper of our thoughts, if we're not ciphering all the information and the stinking thinking that other people are trying to put on us, like other people's thoughts, like how many of you listening to this podcast are carrying around the shitty beliefs and fears of other people that aren't even yours, that have been handed down from generation to generation? Like, I hope you're, you really do think about that because for so long I was carrying around other people's fears. I was carrying around other people's thoughts on things. And I feel like this happens so often. Like it's like, um, like let's take religion, for example. Like a lot of people are born into a household that has a particular religion and you can't sway from that. Like that's your religion and that's it. Whereas, you know, I know that in our household, we're raising our children to go and make their own decision. We're exposing them to as much as we can. And then it's up to them to decide what they believe in. You know, my daughter says to me, um, you know, is God real or, you know, even Santa Claus? Is Santa Claus real? And I said, well, do you believe it? You know, what do you believe? Don't look for outward influence in these areas. You get the information and then you cipher through it and whatever makes sense to you, stick with that. And if you find that you change your mind, that's okay. Guys, you can change your mind. That's the beauty of this. 
If you had one thought once 10, 20 years ago, you don't have to have the same thoughts. You can change and evolve. And I see people doing that all the time, but I want to give our listeners, Joel, permission to really like challenge yourself on your thoughts. You know, what do you even know what you stand for and what you believe in? Like, what are your values? What is your life going to look like in the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years? What, what are you going to be doing in your 80s and 90s? Are you going to be bedridden in a wheelchair with a walking stick? Are you going to be like, you know, hunched over with lordosis or something? Or are you going to get yourself in shape today? Start looking after your health. Make it a bigger priority. Get your money sorted. Give yourself a money health check. You know, so many of us are wasting so much money on things that just don't matter when we could be creating wealth, generational wealth, if we just had the self-control to stop spending it. Now, I love active wear. And if I go down the street and I walk past an active wear shop, it's really hard for me not to go in there. So I just don't, I stay away from them because I know what I'm like. If I see the latest range or the, the perfect color or something, I'll buy it, but I don't need it. I have so many fitness outfits, it's ridiculous. But you might, it might not be fitness gear for you. It might be shoes, it might be bags. Like how much of this stuff do we actually need? You know, and is it actually fulfilling you or is it just giving you short-term satisfaction rather than long-term gratification? And um, I feel like this whole chapter around self-control, um, if people can get more discipline around what it is they truly want and what truly matters and like teach on what we weren't taught as well. Like that's the thing, like I'm not that disciplined, but I'm getting more disciplined about what I teach my children about money, you know, and they don't get paid for chores. We pay them an allowance, but the chores, thats they just have to do it because they're part of the family unit. And that's just what you do. But their allowance, I teach them how to manage it. They've got ledgers. They have to keep track of what goes in the savings, what goes in the, in the giving account, the charity account, what goes in their spending, you know. So I wasn't taught that. I wish I had have known that. And so many that are listening to this, are you with me on this? Like, are you agreeing? Like, wouldn't it have been great if we had been given these skills when we were younger around money? So why are we not teaching it on? Why are we not giving our children the education around the areas that we, you know, we didn't, and this comes down to like sex as well, the sex talk and, you know, periods for girls. Like, why does it have to be taboo and awkward and all that? Like, why not just have an open, trusting relationship with your kids where no topic is off the record, like they can come to you about anything. Imagine having that kind of relationship. It's well, definitely what I want to have. Christine, well, I learned about um, periods when I was walking down the uh, lane between our two schools and there was someone had dropped uh, a still wrapped tampon. And I was like, kicked and I was like, oh, what's that? And I, my friend told me and I was like, what's that? And it was just a downhill uh, <laughs> thing from there. I was like, they do what? <laughs> I was in about you too. I was like, what the? Oh my God. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe a, a, a chat. Um, yeah. Like, I, like, yeah, all my birds and bees stuff wasn't explained to me very well. So, yeah, probably. 
Well, they're going to get the information from somewhere. So do you want to get them the correct information or do you want them to get it like second, third hand from a mate? And, you you know, want it from garbage on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I learned. I'm telling you. Like, thanks, uh, family. But yeah, you're, you're so right, Christine. Like, you know, and I'm reading here, self-control is solely a matter of thought control. Just control your thoughts. In, you know, stuff I've been learning from this book and other books is, you know, you are creating every day with your thoughts. Like, think about it. The, the way you can, like the way you describe a situation in your mind is how you experience it, right? So ask yourself a really powerful question. What if every day you woke up and said, ask yourself a question, like, what is the experience my soul came to this earth to have? And it is what I'm doing right now, doing that. You know, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smack social media again. But, like, when your soul was jumping into your body and coming to earth, was its plan to scroll social media all day and be told what to think? Or were you meant to be, I don't know, like, you know, doing something else? Like, like how much of your phone time is stealing being with your kids or date night with your partner? Are you really there? Like when you're having a, like, like it's funny, like now that I don't have it, um, Vicky might actually want me to get my phone again. She might actually want me to have social media again, but you know what I mean? And like really just jumping. So today I jumped on my son's phone and I looked at what uh, he's looking at. I said, like, just look at it. And we, like, we looked at what apps he's using. And I was like, look how many, how much time he's spending on, you know, at the moment, TikTok. I'm like, what's that giving you? And he's like a distraction. I'm like, yeah, well, from what, you know, like, what's it, all, what's it distracting you from? He's like, oh, I'm just doing it in between, you know, like little work jobs he's doing. I'm like, yeah, well, and if you work it out, if you are worth, let's just say we're going, uh, you, you can earn $700 a day and it takes you four hours to make that $700, which is, you know, some people might think it's good. Some people might think that's bad. Well, if you can do that in four hours, but you're spending another four hours of your day on social media, aren't you blowing 50% of your wealth? Like, and I'd put your numbers into it. But if you are make, if you can, if you make a certain amount, like $50 an hour, $100 an hour, and you're spending four hours on Mark Zuckerberg's platforms where he's scrolling ads into you, you're literally giving them money. So like, I know Christine made an about face, a, few years ago um, where you just post on social media and then get the hell off because you got better things to do. So like, um, yeah, like, and, and the, I guess the thing I want to really hammer home with you are creating every day with your thoughts is it doesn't matter whether you know that or not, because you still are like, you know, just because I don't know about gravity doesn't mean that I get a do over. If I jump off a second story building, I'm still going to break my legs. Like a fact is a fact, a universal law is universal. You are creating every day with your thoughts. So if you're not using self-control to keep stinking thinking out and you're just on autopilot, what you're creating right now, so what is in your life right now is going to keep happening. And that's why we do this podcast, Christine, because we, we want to change 
people's thinking. We want them to think for themselves so they can start to create a masterpiece like what they want. And listen, you don't need to be like as fit as Christine, you know, if that's not you, you know, what, what, find out what is you and do more of that. Don't let outside influences create for you or even worse, just let autopilot create for you because by God, (laughs) you know, that's a shitty life. That's a life of regret, you know? And I guess while we're recommending books like Bronnie Ware, five regrets of the dying, you know, number one, wished I'd lived the life that I wish that I, that I wanted to do and not the one that other people wanted to do. So that's, you're going to get that from self-control. So I jumped in there, Christine, you're (laughs) sorry. But I was just like, you you inspired me so much with what you said. I was just like, friggin' hell. (laughs) No, I'm I'm glad you jumped in. And um, I suppose like I want to close out with the code of ethics that um, Napoleon Hill mentions in this chapter because it's too good not to share. And I don't want to just brush over it because I feel like if more of us lifted our standards, our personal standards, the way that we show up, the way that we live our life, and we had like a code of ethics like this that we we um, lived by, then, oh my goodness, would our lives be transformed. So I'm going to read it from the page. And um, the first code of ethics is, I wish to be of service to my fellow men as I journey through life. To do this, I have to, I have adopted this creed as a guide to be followed in dealing with my fellow beings. So number one, to train myself so that never, under any circumstances, will I find fault with any person, no matter how much I may disagree with him or how inferior his work may be, as long as I know he is sincerely trying to do his best. Like, no judgment. How cool is that? Like, the second one is, like, to respect my country, my profession and myself, to be honest and fair with my fellow men, Uh, as I expect them to be honest and fair with me, to be a loyal citizen of my country, to speak of it with praise and act always as a worthy custodian of its good name, to be a person whose name carries weight wherever it goes. Just imagine living by that standard alone. And then to base my expectations of reward on solid foundation of service rendered, to be willing to pay the price of success in honest effort, to look upon my work as an opportunity to be seized with joy and made the most of and not as a painful drudgery to be reluctantly endured, Um, to remember that success lies within myself, in my own brain, to expect difficulties and to force and to expect difficulties and to force my way through them, to avoid procrastination in all of its forms Imagine just getting that one out of your life (laughs) and never under any circumstances put off until tomorrow any duty that should be performed today. And that's something that my grandma used to tell us all the time. Never put off tomorrow what can be done today. And I actually called my team um, TNT today, not tomorrow for that reason. And then finally, to take a good grip on the joys of life so I may be courteous to men, faithful to friends, true to God, source, universe, whatever you believe in, um, a fragrance in the path I tread. Guys, imagine living by a code of ethics like that. Like imagine what would happen to your relationships. You know, you've heard me say it before, what you get in life is what you tolerate. And if if you're tolerating how you're talking to yourself, 
if you're tolerating the thoughts that you're thinking, then they're, they're going to, they're never going to um, change. Like people are going to treat you the way that you treat yourself. But if you lift your standards, if you like, honestly, like find what you believe in, find what you stand for, find what's important, your values. And if you raise the bar in yourself, others will too. And like attracts like, we know that. Like attracts like. And if you're surrounding yourself with toxic people, with people who are crushing your dreams, your visions, who are helping you stay in your addictions, then you're going to live a mediocre life. But what we want you to do is take control, be the boss of your life. And through self-control, discipline, knowing what's important to you, you can do that. So I just wanted to, to share that, Joel. I hope that's being helpful for someone. That was next level. And it, like, seriously, to hammer it home even, even more, guys, take your power back. Just take it back. It was given to you when you were born. And as we grow up, we just give it up. Like the only thing we got to do in this life is eventually we're going to die, which is just, you know, whatever your beliefs are, you know, that's the only thing you got to do. Swap that around and find things that you want to do that you get to do. I get to save this money because it's going to give me a great future. I get to spend time with my kids. I get to put my phone down. I get to go on exercise. Not I have to go to the gym. I get to go to the gym. Language is power, guys. And self-control, I want to, like, if you've listened to the end, thank you. Really appreciate that you're here. And, you you know, congratulations. Because you are serious about changing your life. And I really want to encourage you to think about this. Ask yourself the question, what was the, the, what's the experience that your soul was put on this earth to have? And what if I took those two crazy Aussies advice and I read that book for myself? Because in reading this book, I'm going to build even so far in the, the podcast we've done. We're not even halfway through yet. But what if I woke up every day and I understood what my definite chief aim was? What if I had more self-confidence? What if I learned the, the, the art and the habit of saving? What if I could take more initiative and show more leadership? What if I could have, like, just be in my imagination even more? What if I could use that? What if I could wield that to do more things for me? You know, how could I show more enthusiasm? Could I be more enthusiastic? And, you know, to close it out today, what if I could have the self-control to read the freaking book? And apply it in my life because hey, Christine and I realized that reading it wasn't enough. We we have applied it. We made sure in that little group that we were not just sharing cliff notes of what is in the book. We were sharing what it meant to us, what our harmonies we had, and what we're going to do to change it. And then to hammer it home even more, we came up with the crazy idea that we were going to do podcast episodes on it so we could share it. And so one of the things that research has shown that teaching a subject means that it's got a higher, higher, higher chance. Uh, and that's very scientifically proven higher, 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 but it's a much higher chance of sticking and becoming part of your life. So 
I really challenge you because if you're here this long, <laughs> you're up for a challenge. Get the book, read it, do something about it and go and bloody teach it. Like that's what I've got to say and have the self-control to do it. Mic drop right there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Got to, got to keep up with the Jonesy, Christine. You were dropping mics all the way through. Do you know, do you realize that if any of you out there are a microphone sponsor, yeah, we go through a lot of mics because we keep dropping them. So, uh, that's my dad joke. And I'll know if you, uh, I will know if you heard that because you can make fun of me when you're sharing this podcast for us. Share it. Check us out on social media. Say hello. Um, I'm sure uh, I won't probably answer at the moment, but Christine will. <laughs> go, go bug her. I'm not on social media, but follow us there anyway. And um, yeah, we appreciate you more than you can ever know. This has been tremendous for us to do this podcast. And yeah, we've got some, some awesome upgrades and awesome plans for the future. So share it out to someone who you know needs more self-control. Awesome. Damn. Uh. Yeah.